as actors, we have all had dumb things said to us. So here's what we want to know from you. What is the worst, most confusing, unhelpful, or enraging acting note or piece of direction that you've ever received? Send us a voice note. There's a link right in the show notes of this episode. Or send us an email at questionsformilton at gmail.com. Welcome to I Don't Need an Acting Class with Milton Justice. I hear so many actors talk about stillness on camera. What do you think about that and like the importance of being still? Well, okay. There are so many things that go into being an actor. I mean, I'm appalled that everybody is biked these days. I've I, I looked at pictures of Jessica Chastain, who went to Juilliard, by the way. And so everybody in this production of Doll's House has mics. And so I, th I think they all have mics because if I have a mic, I can talk really low. And if I could talk really low, then obviously it's an important moment. And, and so and I just thought to myself, what happened to actors having voices? So, you know, there was a time when I was in drama school where we had to take movement. Unfortunately, I was 20 and way too old to be a ballet dancer, but I love ballet class. <laughs> I just thought it was wonderful. A writer friend of mine, British, who I got a job at Adler in Los Angeles, had written a play and he had some actors come in to, to just cold read it. And so the actors, like four of them were actors that he knew from England. You could hear every word. You could hear everything. And the, the Adler actors... It's like, what are you mumbling? What is that? I mean, and it was like, and I said to Che, I said, my God, we could hear them. And he said, well, of course you could hear them, for God's sake. The, the first two hours of everyday drama school were spent in voice classes. And so people used to learn how to talk. People used to learn how to move. Actors used to know how to move. They used to know how to talk. They used to know how to read, God forbid. Okay. As a result, you became very, very adaptable. Okay, so that's just me venting. But the other thing is, I think so many things you're told as actors are bullshit. I think they are all told by people who really don't know what they're talking about. And so, therefore, they come up with these little rules. Now, yes, in film, the joke is, okay, I need you in bed with her. Okay, now, could you just scoot a little bit to the left? Fine, that's, that's good. No, no, that's a little bit too far. Now, when you kiss her, could you, I need you to hold because I want to change the camera before you kiss her. But don't, you know, I mean, it's like, okay, what we're dealing with when we're dealing with cameras, I always think it's hilarious. 
But I think you have to look, I'll just say this. The note is that you have to be very careful with acting notes. You know, I think, yes, I'm sure stillness is good. Somebody should probably tell Meryl Streep <laughs> or Marlon. Can I just say the Michael Caine um, acting video? I'm sure everyone's seen it here, but it's making its rounds again. The the um, oh. the looking from one eye is is making the rounds. And obviously that's impossible to think about when you're in a scene, but it's so interesting how, how it's explained in that. And yeah, it's just a random no. thing. And I don't think any of those people know what they do. Don't, don't do go from eye to eye the reason i ch you choose an eye is because in in this shot now the camera is obviously there shooting me if i look at you with this eye into your other eye you've lost me if i look at you with this eye into that eye this eye is in the camera and if you want to play strong don't blink if you want to play weak blink i mean don't deliberately blink but just you can break it but if you really want to play strong and you you just look at someone like that. This camera can see this eye and never change eyes. I, listen, I got into a huge fight on Facebook, huge fight on Facebook, because Brian Cox said something about method acting being bullshit. And, and I got furious because I thought, well, you know, he said, I just use the recesses of myself. And I got in a huge fight and really got in a huge fight with um, an actor whose work I've known probably since the 80s or 90s and just one of those staid New York actors. And so he was he was finding me about it. And I said, but the fact of the matter is, um, I said, I, I'm a teacher. And I work with actors all the time. And somebody like Brian Cox, who's had a very long career and has a lot to draw from as a person, says, I only use myself and it's enough. And I said, now every actor says to himself, oh, well, Brian Cox only uses himself. And it says, and so now all of a sudden, all of that gets stuck in to Brian Cox only uses himself. So therefore I'll just use myself. Uh, the same way with the Michael Caine tape. It's like Michael Caine says to do that. Well, I, first of all, I, I don't need, I don't believe that Michael Caine did any of that. I, I don't think most actors know what they do. They know what works for them, but it doesn't necessarily mean it will work for everyone. And they talk about it as if it will work for everyone because it works for them. It's quite honestly the reason I'm not sure that actors, well, I don't think actors make good teachers because they know what works for them and it doesn't necessarily work for everyone. Um, I, I mean, listen, the, the journey of acting is so monumental. I mean, seriously, Stanislavski was in rehearsals trying new concepts when he died. It was. It wasn't like he said, "Okay, I've got it." I feel like I'm the luckiest person in the world because, at my age, I'm still trying to figure it out, and and I don't even remotely have it. Um, but I'm always afraid I'm going to sound like one of those people, and they're everywhere.
Wynne Hanman was a famous acting teacher. And I was reading his book and he was the thing and the this and the this. And then I met him at dinner and I started to say to him, um, you know, I read your book on acting. And don't you think that? And I got that far in the sentence and he said, no, it works. And I went, okay. I see that's the conversation we're going to be having. I think what's, I think possibly what we're all supposed to do when we sit down is saying, okay, this worked for this play this time. It may or may not work the next time. But what I do have are a large collection of tools that I have a working knowledge of. And part of what I need to do is figure out which tools I need for this part. And maybe that's also part of my ability. As somebody oversimplified, I love when anybody uses a metaphor to oversimplify acting. And they said, and he said, you have a toolkit at home. You know, and so every time you start a project, you put the tools you need on the top. And I said, you put the tools you need on your top. I said, you know, I can't find the hammer or the screwdriver, which is my entire toolkit. But nonetheless, I, but I knew what he meant. And so I think that's really part of it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I really am humbled that you have responded so well to our podcast. The bonus subscription will allow you to hear the unedited versions if you want to go deeper. And then in addition, we're going to start a series of conversations with actors. And I've spoken to my former student, Mark Ruffalo and Margot Martindale that I've directed, Chris Carmack, who's now in Grey's Anatomy, Sean Astin, who obviously was in Lord of the Rings. And as a bonus subscriber, you will be able to write in questions. Other benefits include video episodes, chapters of Milton's next book, and personal audio responses to your acting questions. Sign up today at I don't need an acting class.com. I don't find it as interesting, Austin, to, to be still when I'm filling things as the idea of listening. I mean, you're all listening and everybody's doing this and Alexandra's rubbing, you know, her, her, her elbow. George is kind of doing this, but you know, I mean, it's like everybody is doing something and they're listening. But yet, as soon as we go to listening with actor, we suddenly talk about still. And so nothing is going on. To me, that's one of the great things that we've had to learn by putting ourselves on tapes for auditions is that it is all a close up. And if you are doing nothing when the other person is talking, it's like the curtain just went down.
So you have to be actively involved. And suddenly the term, I'm sure somebody else used it, but I suddenly said, no, you have to have the concept of active listening. And every damn audition that I see, people are sitting there listening. And they they say, oh, I'm listening. And so what happens is that there is, it looks like dead space. So, you know, to me, the only way to do that is to talk out everything. And my mother explains to me, my mother explains to me that she didn't get the loan for the, for the studio she was going to open. And, so the, and she doesn't know what to do. And that makes me think, oh, my God, this is horrible. You know, you, you want to have that active listening without indicating i mean do you say, i mean i understand how difficult this is because otherwise you go mm, oh, mm, yeah. I, I mean i can just see this terrible performance i've done this terrible performance mercifully nobody can find the film when i was an extra and did a lot of mm. but is that part of the process of going mm, mm, to recognize in yourself that that's way too over the top yes but- yes the important thing about doing all of this is learning. You, you cannot, nobody will believe me, and they think it's a problem that you are not going to be brilliant in a play this year. It's the reason I say audition for everything. Actively pursue auditioning for everything. Because you're not going to get it, you're not going to get it, you're not going to get it. As my friend Margo says, you have to audition for 105 of them before you get one. So I just keep doing it to lessen the odds because it's, it's not about getting it. It is about figuring out what I, what I got from that. But this business about listening is really difficult. And it is really important now that I'm actively listening and I'm believable. So, I mean, part of what we have to figure out to do is, how do I do that? How do I actively listen and I'm still believable? The best way that I can find is by talking out. I told you, my friend Matt calls it my telephone method. I said, it's what? He said, yeah, that telephone method of yours. And I said, what telephone method? He said, you know, like you call somebody up on the phone and tell them what happened. I said, oh, sure, the telephone method. But the telephone method for Kara Hope and her audition is, so what happened? Well, I was in a really good mood. I mean, I really couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it was so fantastic because I absolutely, I mean, I got it. I saw, I got it. I got an email that said I was, I, that I got accepted. And then I walked in and I looked at my mother and she was literally collapsed on the kitchen table. And I said, what's wrong? And she looked up and she said, I didn't get the loan. And it was like, I suddenly felt like, oh my God, this is horrible. I've been thinking about myself and my poor mother, whose whole life is based on getting a loan so she can open her yoga studio. And she didn't get it. And then I, so then I said to her, well, there must be something we can do. And she says to me, don't worry, which I know is like such book. But you see what I mean? If I talk it out, you know, but if I talk it out, I start to own it. 
And then if I own it, then I am there in that moment. I have a, a former student who's Swedish, and he was starting to teach. And so I was telling him, I said, you know, it's so interesting. I keep going back to the same damn exercises with my technique kids. I said, you know, we do something I love, something I hate. We tell an event that happened last week, and then somebody else tells the story. And I said, because built into all of this is really acting. I mean, I can't tell you how many times. Something I love, something I hate is to develop a relationship, an active relationship with something and build something that earns the line. Well, that's what we're always doing. Telling somebody else's story is what we're always doing. We are always building a world that has to do with, I'm a girl who won a scholarship and my mother has no money. But, you know, it's like I have to build all of these things and believe them. And, and I think one of the things that's true is you all always believe each other's story. And when you tell each other's stories, I believe it happened to you. So it, it, it's there for you to build this world as long as you can analyze it and figure out what world it is. I Don't Need an Acting Class is created and hosted by Milton Justice. Producer is me, Walker Vreeland, and director of online media is Evan Sollers. Music is by Jeffrey Kieser. Uh, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Uh, you can find us online, I don't need an acting class.com. And uh, you can continue to send your questions to Milton at questionsformilton at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you back here next week.